This is Tears of Scrutiny. Hi there, welcome back to Tears of Scrutiny. My name is Eva Epen. And I'm Parisa Donna. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a case called Murphy v. Missouri. It mm-hmm. hasn't been heard yet, but it should be a really interesting one. This is a First Amendment case. Yeah, so another one that we've had in a slew of First Amendment cases. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot. And with this one, multiple plaintiffs, including epidemiologists, consumer and human rights advocates, academics, and media operators claim that various defendants, including numerous federal agency and officials, have engaged in censorship targeting conservative-leaning speech on topics such as the 2020 presidential election, COVID-19 origins, mask and vaccine efficacy, and election integrity. The plaintiffs argue that the defendants use public statements and threats of regulatory action, such as reforming Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, to induce social media platforms to suppress content, thereby violating the plaintiff's First Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. The states of Missouri and Louisiana also alleged harm due to the infringement of free speech rights of their citizens. Um, The U.S. District Court for the Western District of Louisiana, I think, granted the plaintiff's motion for a nationwide preliminary injunction prohibiting the federal government from meeting with social media companies or just in general seeking to influence their content moderation policies. And Mm -hmm. then SCOTUS said um, they granted the government's motion for an emergency stay and granted cert to review the case on its merits. But the question at hand is, does the federal government's request that these private social media companies take steps to prevent um, the dissemination of misinformation or, you know, what alleged misinformation, misinformation transform those companies' content moderation decisions into state action and thus violate users' First Amendment rights, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting idea. Like, the government, especially when it comes to, um, when it came to 2020 and, you know, the insurrection, the presidential election, COVID-19, max, uh, mask efficacy, vaccine efficacy, even election integrity, the government, do they, do they have a stake? Do they have a stake in regulating misinformation such as this? Like, I don't know. I feel like, and also just to go back to mm-hmm. Section 230, it's the same section that we talked about when we talked about Google v. Gonzalez mm-hmm. and um, Twitter, v. Twitter v. Tom May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Section 230, it says basically if a new site falsely calls you a, you know, calls you something, calls you a name, something mm-hmm. like that, then you can obviously sue them for libel. But if someone else posts on Facebook, oh, mm-hmm. she's a liar, you can't sue Facebook for that. Yeah. Facebook is not held accountable. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think what's, you know, what I find really frustrating with this case, and honestly, with a lot of the response to what happened in 2020 and mm-hmm. 2021, is the fact that, you know, the right way to address speech that you don't agree with is not by shutting it down. I agree. You then make people martyrs, and not only that, you just don't have conversations. You also lionize people. Who just there's no need to do yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> no. And if someone has a like mm-hmm. vaccines, for example, there was so much information that was coming out so rapidly about mm-hmm. masks and vaccines, and you know, yeah, science is not science perfect. is playing catch up at that point. Yeah, right? yeah. it's not mm-hmm. you know. Just because one day a group of 30 scientists says one thing, it's not that their opinion won't get refined and reformed. And I think that's part of the issue was the government was trying to be like, no, the CDC said mask up. So you have to mask up. So you have to mask up, but it's like maybe their opinions will change and they have changed and they continued to change. I also think in that era, there was just 
I think there was a lot of mistrust in in government in yeah. general. Global, and we also had, you know, like we had Fauci and we had big people were saying, it, you, there was just a lot of discourse. Like I have been in conversations recently at like, the dinner table or in classrooms where we talk about the mistrust and just fear of that time, of that, of that mm-hmm. year. And, you know, we would hear things come out of mouths of people we were supposed to trust and not know if they were true because they would backtrack and they would backpedal and like, you know, and... I think trusting your citizenry, your constituents to distinguish fact from fiction is like, is an interesting idea. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. also like, Mm -hmm. I think people have a right to not trust the government. There's Mm -hmm. numerous Mm -hmm. times in which the government has acted, you know, not on in the not in best, best interest, interest. and yeah. not only not in our best and interest also, like, but lied about things that have happened vietnam right 100%. watergate like 100%. you know we know that there have been times where the government has lied and it's like i understand someone not trusting yeah. verbatim also, like, isn't that just the point of democracy like yeah you know we don't we don't live in a fascist state or you know like we are like we are the ones who determine who we elect and we we are the ones who think for ourselves and figure out who to vote for based on those things and like know um just affording a little bit of agency to Mm -hmm. america to the american people i think would yeah and it's interesting because in ethics well we have a case about this Mm -hmm. and about bringing you know election deniers onto podcast episode and Mm -hmm. having them talk about it and you know this doctor is like i don't want to talk to any of these people because what they're saying is false and i'm like we're not if you're not able to have a conversation conversation about something and someone's you know, valid concerns about a vaccine that they're not familiar with, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Then giving it to their kids, like, yeah. How are you going to say that you're standing up for the, you people, know, the vaccine yeah. that you believe is going to protect the people if you can't even yeah. be acceptable yeah. to conversation about it? It's like science mm-hmm. is not always, you know, tried and true, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's not always set in stone from the moment that someone makes a hypothesis. People mm-hmm. are consistent in academia, playing, like they're constantly catching up. 100%, but playing devil's advocate, right? When COVID was like during 2020, during that, like, during the pandemic, the government does have a vested interest in ensuring that people get vaccinated so that we can get our economy back on track. We can get our like our lives back on track, right? But so like, I mean, if if regulating misinformation regarding vaccine efficacy um, does that, if it enables more people to get vaccinated, if it, if it protects elderly people, if it protects infants, if it protects people with you know immunization issues, like do you think the government has a genuine stake in that? Because like, I don't know. I think who's to say that's misinformation? Yeah, like yeah. right, you need to have those conversations with people then and be like no, let's try and figure out why you have this fear, why you have this concern, and how can we address it? Do you need to see the production of the vaccine? Do you need to see what the vaccine, how it works? Like, also science, I think, in in itself as a community has Mm -hmm. failed, like, I would say regular citizens to an extent, and just like normal people, Mm -hmm. because the language is so, and that's how I feel about Supreme Court stuff, but the language is so convoluted. It's like, you know, you try and read through papers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, not sure that there's paywalls for that information. Who has time to read through all that? And it's like the money to pay for it. Yeah. And what do these big words mean? And exactly. And, you know, someone who doesn't have a degree in biology, right? Like not even a degree in biology, but someone who just isn't maybe somebody familiar with high school. Yeah. Like I'm not going to read a paper and sure. I'll try my best to understand, you know, a paper on 
COVID-19 and vaccine efficacy and I will, you know, do my due diligence, but that's also because I have time on my hands and I can do that. Right. But that information isn't easily accessible. And I think that was a failure of Mm -hmm. the scientific community during COVID-19 is they were so focused on drowning out voices Mm -hmm. and sort of polarizing people who had these unorthodox point of views who were also scientists in their own regard. Right. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's different when it's something like flat earthers versus like people who believe in around earth. But I just saw so many people like just dismiss, Mm -hmm. you know, oh yeah, we were, the Joe Rogan podcast is what the ethics bull case is about is this doctor who didn't want to go on the Joe Rogan podcast because he's like, why would I talk to these people? And I'm like, you just, this is, you need to, yeah, I think 2020 really just like, that should be the point we all took away from 2020 is talking to each other is everything. Yeah. Even when it comes to like election integrity, it was, I feel strongly about that. You know what I mean? Like if, if you sat across from me and you said, you know, Donald Trump is the rightful president of the United States at this time. And the election wasn't won by Joe Biden. And like, you know, election fraud was happening. And like, um, Jan 6th was the right thing to do. And like all of these things, like I feel strongly about that, but having a conversation is, it, and like you know, giving people due process in it's, court, which we have been doing, but like having these conversations is it's how you to having, that, and that's how grow. like I think the focus will like that's how the light shines on like truth, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. also like you know I've seen firsthand like I last time I went out to register people to vote at NC State campus, mm-hmm. someone said you know I someone didn't take my like the ballots weren't counted correctly like my vote didn't count and just hearing people say that it's Mm -hmm. like something needs to change so that people can believe why aren't people believing in you know elections Mm -hmm. why do people believe that there's election fraud what can we do to make the process more open Mm -hmm. not that you know you can't go in and watch like the ballots being counted because you can but it's like Mm -hmm. how can people trust this process right and how can we ensure that people find faith in the process so that they participate yeah because that's you know that's really what's happening right now is people are icing these people out who have these opinions saying you're crazy Mm -hmm. no they're not crazy it's what they've seen what they've seen is their vote didn't count they felt like it didn't count what they've seen is they've seen people talk about you know these theories like they've seen people talk about these things they've heard these things and they don't know what to believe and i think yeah and i think when they see the government taking you know actionable steps to drown out the voices that they're hearing yeah why would you take steps to drown them out if they're not you know what what i mean like that's 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 their logic yeah yeah i just like i go back and forth and back and forth on this because again like these are private institutions freedom of speech does not like something my dad and i always talk about is like freedom of speech is not equivalent to freedom of reach like you know, mm-hmm. your right to be, to say something does not mean, does not, it's not equivalent to your right to be heard. Yeah. And especially when we have these, you know, when we, like, when we have these globalized networks where we can reach anybody anywhere and I can talk to people all across the globe and I can spread information, misinformation, like I have the right to say something or post something, but I also think that comes with these companies' right to regulate, not, not regulate, but I guess to some extent to control how many people see what I've, what I've said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think the companies have discretion to do whatever they like. Yeah. And the government, and the government government stepping in is where I'm like, this is, I just, but do you understand why they would? Do you understand why they would? Like, can you? Yeah. But it's mm -hmm. just, it's just so frustrating to me because it's like, 
you're acting like you're above people who have these opinions that are different from yours because you can't engage in a conversation with them and yeah. address their. But you know what? We all know. did that. We all did that. In yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Like definitely. Yeah. Like I am calling myself out on this yeah. one. You know, like, I'm, like I genuinely have called them the crazies. Like, yeah. The Jan like, Six people, they're the crazy. The, the microchip people, the, the horse tranquilizer people, they're the yeah. crazies. Like hundred percent. And like, it's mm-hmm. just like, if you are approaching it and again, calling myself out too, like, 100% like I've been in this mindset and I think part of it is like there's this idea that oh people should educate themselves like you shouldn't have to yeah you should <laughs> you, you yeah. know like yeah no but it's not like you're trying to educate someone you just want to have a conversation because also like you know I've realized that some of my strongest convictions and opinions have come from having these conversations with people who have disagree completely different opinions and views viewpoints from you know myself and what I've held and it's just being able to step out of that bubble mm-hmm. is so nice and you know living in that bubble is such a such a privileged thing to have and also it's such it's just it's not also, a pragmatic thing it's like, just not it doesn't get anything done like your bubble like exactly it's, it's a nice place but it it's it a safe place but yeah, it's it doesn't like, affect tangible change especially yeah. like when it comes to like, I think the government had a stake in convincing people to get the vaccine. And why didn't to they? Mask. Yeah. But like that comes from telling the truth and from being consistent and, and you, know, you know from reassuring people from saying, hey, we understand we don't want you don't want to give your kids this thing that we cooked up in the lab that you don't understand because you're not a scientist. You're like, yeah. that's a valid thing. Like, like I don't know. Um, I just find a lot of frustration with the way in which the government handled COVID nineteen and handling people who had differing opinions on the vaccine especially when you had these like voices in the scientific community who dissent, and they said yeah. like i know um i was listen. i don't listen to the joe rogan podcast <laughs> habitually but i did go and listen um to this doctor dr asim mahotra who is an nhs trained consultant cardiologist and he said like i'm not sure about covid like i'm yeah. not sure about the vaccine like um like, and doesn't that make you like trust someone more when they're upfront about it and yeah. they're like I think the biggest red flag in in general is when people are like, I feel 150% about this. No, he was like, I'm not sure. Like, I just don't know. And like, I think we should be more careful. And and he was talking about how like his voice was like deliberately drowned out. And that makes a lot of sense. Like, I understand why that happened. But uh, because the government had an interest in making sure that people got back on track and got vaccinated. But at the same time, you should trust your constituency to make decisions for themselves, to hear all the voices, yeah. hear all the opinions. I mean, the, the flip side of that, though, is that people did have access to information and they did have, like, that's, that's where they got this stuff, right? Like the microchip thing, the horse trip thing, the mask and advocacy thing, the Jan 6 thing. Like, they, they got that from somewhere and they went and they acted on it. So, like, is the way to prevent another Jan 6 from happening? Is that, is it just cutting down misinformation? Because like, there is such a thing as misinformation. Like you can't debate that disinformation exists and that, you know, we have an al- we have algorithms on these companies, I mean, on these platforms that work to reiterate and reinforce pre-existing belief structures. We have algorithms that have negativity bias and like they will tell you, yeah. like, you know, outrageous things to pique your interest, to get you to interact. Like that is how this works. And like, it is a really, like, it is really a screwed up thing, but like, people are vulnerable to that. And that, that, I, yeah. I think that's another debate itself. It's like, do we regulate that? Do we, like, because how do we regulate it's that? It's just, like, again, like, mm-hmm. as someone who is very, very susceptible to, mm-hmm. like, as someone who, for all her life, has read something and believed it right off the bat. You know, yeah. like, I just, like, trust people immediately. I yeah. read one thing. I'm like, I this too. is, you know, this is what I'm going by. I think, mm-hmm. for me, like, 
I feel like, and this is more philosophical, but I feel like I prescribe to this idea of truth being subjective. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the issue too is yeah, like- Yeah, but some truths aren't subjective though, Pari. Like, you know what I, I mean? I'm, I'm all, I'm with you on like, the government did not handle COVID properly. Yeah. That truth is maybe subjective. But, like, but I think can we say of, like, like election fraud, for example? Like, can we say Jan 6, then like election integrity is a subjective truth? Because facts are facts, right? I mean, but are they? Like mm-hmm. in the sense of- Yes and no. Like, yes, I agree that, like... I know your opinion yeah, is, is mine. But yeah, like- <laughs> but in the sense of, like, I don't know. I feel like there is truth to the perspective that people who have who believe that Donald Trump won, right? They sense. saw, like, weird things happening with Dallas, and they and felt like... And those things didn't actually happen. Like, but they might have. Like, they, you know, like, yeah. if you are seeing those things and you're believing those things, obviously you think that yeah, those things, that a, is your truth, Yeah, but there's right? a reason you're seeing them. You're seeing them because... They're on these platforms. And yeah, yeah, you're right. No, I'm with you. I'm just arguing. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I just feel like it's so harmful to say people are afraid to say what they really think. Yeah. Like, I think for some, like, I definitely think, like, Murphy v. Missouri, this case, like, people who are on the right are afraid to say things and they feel like, especially online, it's mostly that space is taken up by the left, right? Online. We feel like, but that is the 1%. Like, like that is not the majority of this country. Like, I will let you know, those are like chronically online people. Yeah. That is a mess, right? And honestly, everyday people, majority of this country, I don't think they're even on those. Like, I don't think they're like actually having these conversations. They're not engaging. They're not seeing. Like, yeah. And they're afraid to speak because they feel like, and that's why I think the right is scared. Like, they feel like their voices are being drowned out. They feel I, I am 18 now, I'll be voting, but, and so will you, but, like, we are, I'm an independent, but, like, I will be probably voting Democrat, like, I will let you know, like, I will be probably voting Democrat, but you realize, like, the GOP, the GOP can use, like, what Democrats fail to do in terms of having conversations against people, like, Oh, I've, I've been watching the debates, the GOP debates, yeah, and like, oh my they God. are preying on the fact, these people are preying on the fact that the people, that voters feel scared to speak. And isolated. Like, isolated. So like, Polarized, you know, the yeah. Vivek Ramaswamy's and like Ron DeSantis's and like of the world are preying on the fact that people GOP feel voters alone. feel alone. They cannot speak. And they feel like they, they are their victims. Voices, exactly. They are and, victims. And are to an extent because they actually cannot speak. And I think that is such a culture issue. Like, no, anyway. it's just, it's complicated. I, I encourage you, like, you know, the 2024 election is around. I encourage you to, like, research who you're voting for. Yeah. And make sure they're not preying on you for any purpose. Um, and that you're not susceptible to anything like this. And that you're having As conversations has, with people. you know, been there, done that, like, mm-hmm. it's hard. And, like, again, as someone who has been there, done that, gotten on my high horse, said we shouldn't have conversations. No, we should. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. We'll see you in two weeks. See you. Bye.